Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It's episode number 318 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. And it is opening day eve. Cannot wait. We got a big old baseball show planned for you, plus a whole lot more. But before we get started, show would not be possible without our awesome local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, and Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC. If you're in the South Jersey area, tax season right around the corner, go to our friend Mark Ronchetti. Get your taxes done by the best. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, best in the business. You guys know I'm rocking the Blue Light Plus glasses every single podcast. They have the best eyewear in the game. You only get one set of eyes, so you got to protect those bad boys Get the sunglasses, the Blue Light Plus glasses. Check out the small batch collective of their limited edition runs of masks, hoodies, t-shirts. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff over at Tomahawk Shades. So when you go to check out after you fill up your cart all the way to the nines, use our promo code USP to get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com quality product for an affordable price and uh hey you yeah you guys you guys listening watching this podcast you got bush you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today and that's our friends at manscaped after using these life-changing products you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest i'm looking out for you too because i also have an exclusive 20 percent discount code Use code USP at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer on the market to help you trim up the hedges. This trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller, so inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before your Tinder date. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. Be sure to add their refined cologne to your arsenal. And with the perfect package or performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. And do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. 
and get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. It's 2021 and you still got Bush. Change that with Manscaped. And uh, a certain team that we have a, a soft ban on right now, Matt, unless they end up winning tonight, but we do have news on them, they've been making us want to have a drink in our hand, and that's where our friends at Stateside come in. The ban is uh, hardening. It is definitely <laughs> hardening. Uh, they play. They drop the puck in about a half hour from now, but uh, Stateside Vodka, they don't let us down. They're the fastest-growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're currently closed due to COVID, but they're headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. But when that bad boy opens up, they got a full bar, restaurants, and they offer distillery tours weekly. Seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. It's blended with electrolytes on the same spectrum as that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's also the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. And it's award-winning for best package in the world. So go to statesidevodka.com right now. Fill up your cart, and if you put those one-liter bottles of vodka in there, you can use our promo code USP to get 10% off your order at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to order, and of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, for the most part. Got a lot to dive into. We got our big baseball pre-show. Right. Obviously, Philly's opening day tomorrow. Um, but since our last show, I touched on it on the episode that dropped the other day. George Hill is a Philadelphia 76er. Yeah, we were right on the precipice of the trade deadline. And uh, no significant move from the Sixers. Most notably, obviously, Kyle Lowry not coming, uh, staying in Toronto. I think the biggest move was really made by one of like the non-contenders, at least, quote-unquote, in the East. That's the Bulls. Mm -hmm. Making a push for, for Vucevic. Former um, Sixer. Of course. I uh, can never forget that. Um yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't quite the, the huge... I think there, there wasn't a lot of needle moving is the mm -hmm. big thing. Is that everyone kind of expected it to be almost like an arms race. And I don't know that, like... I don't know that I look at the top teams in the East or the top teams in the West and feel any different about where they are now as opposed to a week ago. I think for the Sixers, George Hill is a really good addition. But to me, he's not someone that, like... I still expect the Sixers to pretty much have the same ceiling with or without George Hill. I think it's an interesting strategy because obviously it seems like the Kyle Lowry trade was going to be Thibel, Maxi, and picks. There was like two first round picks. I think was the, uh, the reporting about that. That's, that's a non insignificant amount of, of capital to be giving up for someone um, who's on an expiring contract. Who's not young either. Right? Like 35, you probably have to resign him to like, a two-year, $40 million right. contract in the summer. You're limiting your future flexibility a bit, which I think is why, ultimately, you go with someone like George Hill. A much more like low-stakes deal than the Kyle La potential Kyle Lowry trade, where I think he may not move you as far forward as Kyle Lowry would this year, but allows you in the next two or three seasons to make any kind of trade up right or make any kind of deal and i think keeping that like forward flexibility is good obviously with how good this team is this year how good joel Embiid has been you know you could certainly make the case that this would be the year to push for it but also yeah i don't think there's anything wrong in in the decision we made and obviously we talked about it we trust dara mori with with our lives so for me that's the decision he makes and i'm, I'm comfortable with it and again you look around the east 
especially with our competitors. As far as trades, there wasn't a lot, obviously. You know, obviously there's some buyout stuff, but for the most part, I, I still think that we're kind of in the same position where it's sort of everyone's chasing and looking after the Nets, and then it's you know between us, the Bucks. I expect the Heat to to still come on here. Um, you know, obviously like. I just think that there'll be a, there'll be a team that's going to be there like uh, that I expect to be like in like the last four potentially. Um, obviously, it depends on their seating, but you know I, I still think it. Not much has changed at least in in the landscape, right? Yeah, I mean Lamarcus Aldridge goes to the Nets, right? Uh, that's that that's the big addition, right? That I think makes makes the Nets really like you know we we talked when they acquired Harden that mm-hmm. they were going to have to make these like insane buyout transactions and they have you know two and that's, of them right and that's that's the benefit of having like just like three of the best players in the nba on your yeah. rosters everyone's gonna want to gravitate towards them um the heat get oladipo right and that's that's a i think that's interesting i think that's like the most variance in terms of like wow that could go really great for the Heat. and i actually think like oladipo's like in this weird underrated mm-hmm. zone where he was great on in indiana you know three seasons ago now like unfortunately he's had like injury issues and stuff decent with okc yeah like he's he's a good player you know i I just think that he bounces around like he's tigger yeah (laughs) in the last few years obviously he's he's seen quite a bit of the road but i think he's a good player and i think you know that's not a a bad piece to kind of add in addition and they didn't have to give very much either yeah it was like nothing it's it's not like they really had to to push all in to get him um so i i don't think it's terrible for the heat this year and going forward because i'd imagine they'd be pushing to resign him um so yeah i think that's that's certainly a huge like question mark exactly is is how far he pushes them but i think he could operate really well as a number Mm -hmm. two option like again we've seen him lead in indiana team and be like very effective so now like you combo him with jimmy butler and bam out of bio and i think that's and you've seen him play with a Steven Adams and Russell right. Westbrook before, so like just think of, you know, where the Heat were last year, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the bubble. I think they overachieved a little bit in the bubble, but there's still like some youth in that team. They keep like Tyler Hero, right, which I think was important to them. Um, Duncan Robinson is yeah, still there, exactly. So you know, like you're you're adding Oladipo to that mix. I think that's positive. Like if we added Oladipo to the Sixers, I think people would be really positive about yeah. that situation, especially when you consider the price that they paid. Um, it only, I think, serves to frustrate Sixers fans more, though, because when you look again at, like, the tree of the Harden trade and just how absolutely awful it was for the Rockets, and it really does seem now, in hindsight, that, you know, people theorize this at the time, but now it really seems clear that they just did not want to send Harden to yeah. the Sixers. And it the, seems like Tillman just doesn't want to trade with Daryl. Right, which is super frustrating, and yeah, I feel for Rockets fans, too, because... You have no control over that. Yeah. You, like we've been in that situation with Sixers fans, where we have no control over who our owner is or what decisions are mm-hmm. being made, and it's super frustrating as a fan. So I, I feel for them, but it sucks you know, because yeah. it's like it does feel like what's the point of like you know we've seen our uh, our tank job get overtaken by the Colangelo knuckleheads and um you see okc like blatantly tanking now it's like it's a like, darling story that's the them. thing that's really annoying you know and he like we've been vilified and it's like oh the sixers ruined the nba and yeah. that's why we have the lottery odds different now and it's like but, oh sam Presti has 800 picks in the next He's two drafts and it's like 34 picks in the next like three years and it's like okay well like wh- first of all the sixers weren't that aggressive in selling <laughs> off whatever they could they were just like we're just gonna be really bad yeah and, t- and by the way the sixers 
were rarely the worst team in the NBA during yeah. that period. It was one time. <laughs> there, were, there were way worse teams during those time periods that weren't even trying to be bad, mm-hmm. which I, I think is worse for the NBA. If you're really concerned about the quality of the league, all these these people really concerned, these these virtuous souls are very concerned about It was the, the one year that the Sixers were like the worst in the NBA, and they got a guy who's not even on the team anymore. Right. <laughs> Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. So I, I just think it's it's a little weird that, you know, the Rockets can be, like, blatantly mismanaged. And the Thunder, yeah. like, everyone's cool with them tanking and resting Al Horford now. Um, but, it's cool for the Magic to finally blow it up. Right, and, but the Sixers, like, are are the worst yeah. and are the reason for all the bad things in the NBA now. And they cheated, whatever. I just think it's, it's interesting. But what do you make of the Sixers giving up 3A and 3B big man and... Now kind of yeah. playing a lot of small ball because Embiid's out. Dwight Howard uh, is just not welcome in L.A. apparently. Gets ejected from both of those games. He had a hit uh, put out on him. Uh, <laughs> and you're playing, you know, our guy Mike Scott, 30 minutes at center isn't ideal. What do you make that of is certainly that? The, the word for it. <laughs> and then I know friend of the show Ryan Jones bringing up that he wants Kelly Olenek on a buyout. Kelly Olenek wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, we've seen – he can be an effective player for sure. I, you know, it's interesting. We were like praising Bradley so much yeah. and then gone. Um, Literally that night and yeah. then boom, shipped out. I think I think what's interesting about Tony Bradley though is you kind of sold him at like the high point yeah. in his value. Like realistically, a guy like that is never going to be like a valued trade asset. And I think if you're, if you're being honest about what this team needs in the playoffs, not necessarily during the regular season, which I think is a concern. I think it's fair to say like, there's been maybe some dereliction to like fully address like the the backup center issue now with with Embiid being out, but you know I I think I'd rather have George Hill for the playoffs than Tony Bradley. Yeah. Now if you're talking about the regular season, then Tony Bradley certainly has value, but I think a lot of that discussion has been around like currently right now people want Tony Bradley more simply because Embiid is out and they've lost two in a row. Right. You're not planning though like you're not building this team for winning in like march you know like you want to be winning in june and and july this year so yeah i think ultimately it's it's the right move um you're gonna have to suffer a little bit but yeah i mean you can still like approach someone on buyout status like that's totally attainable and also you know the same people that were that are upset about that are also like huge paul reed fans it's like well like you know if you want him to be successful you have to clear a pathway for Mm -hmm. him you can't be the fourth center with uh, and have an MVP candidate, you know, and then Dwight Howard, who's one of the better backup centers in the league, 
and Tony Bradley playing like also one of the better backup centers in the league and expect Paul Reed to really be able to like have any kind of time to to develop in the NBA. So, you know, I think ultimately like it's a move right now that maybe unsettles people or, or people will scratch their head out, but I think it's something that in a month we won't be talking about anymore. Yeah, and uh, it, might, it might be a good thing that Vincent Poirier is gone because the vibes seem to be down. Uh, Kurt Helen at Basketball Talk on Twitter tweeted an article from NBC Sports. Uh, Vincent Poirier criticizes 76ers coach Doc Rivers, quote, we are not commodities, we are still human beings. And, you know, there's some I, – I get that. I think it's it's tough as, like, a, a professional athlete, like – you know, you hear stories all the time of guys not uh, not even knowing firsthand that they're getting traded, finding out through Twitter and stuff. Had and you know, someone like Poirier too is like constantly in like a throw in in a, in a trade or a deal or something like that. So I get his frustration. Um, I don't think that that's like hinting towards any kind of dysfunction in the locker room. I would imagine that there's just some frustration with seems like it's because doc rivers didn't send him a message to wish him good luck after getting traded you know and i think that's fair mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't i don't think that's like an uh an unreasonable thing to maybe be a little upset about i don't know yeah uh and essentially daryl morey turns zaire smith into george hill yeah, really. If again, we're talking about those trade trees, right? Um, this was something that we did all the time with <laughs> Hanky and how things converted into whatever. So, um, yeah, I think that's again, if you're talking about value and and what you're building this team towards, that's good. Um, George Hill's been a, a good player too. Like this is a guy that certainly, like, if you're talking about leading like second units and things like that, like that's it's a good it's a good pickup for the Sixers. I think that's that's. Um, it's smart, and he was someone too. We were linked with outside of the Kyle Lowry stuff, but you know that was where the focus was. Um, who's now on? What, what did you show me? His his a foot infection. Kyle Lowry. Kyle does? Lowry has a foot infection. Guy Kyle Newbeck quote tweeted that tweet and said, "I can't even imagine the uprise that would have happened if the Sixers traded for Kyle Lowry and he ends up getting a foot infection right. before even stepping foot on the court." Yeah. So. You know, wish him well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it. It. Um, I. Th- I think all things considered, no one really made like a huge leap. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that the Sixers didn't really either doesn't uh, affect them too much in any kind of significant way. It's like I'm, Chicago and Denver made the two biggest right. moves. Yeah, and I, th- I think Denver's super interesting now with Aaron Gordon. Like I think he gets slept on a little bit. Obviously, like playing in Orlando sucks. No one really cares to watch the Magic play very much. Um, but again, it's similar to like the Oladipo thing where what they gave up is like, yeah. I'm not going to say peanuts, but it's pretty minimal amount of stuff for a guy that I think if you're like talking about ending, like, like adding like talent to like the end of you, like your, your roster, right? Like someone that's, you're not really going to be super dependent on. I think you could do a lot worse than Aaron Gordon. Like he's a very solid player. So I think Denver's certainly improved, but again, I expect Denver to be like, one of the top mm-hmm. teams in the West, right? Like you expect that. I told you right now that Denver Nuggets are going to be in the Western Conference Finals. I don't Wouldn't think you'd shock be me. shocked by that. You know, I, like maybe if they made a Finals berth, you might be surprised. But you know, like they've they're at the point now. Jokic is having such a great season. We've seen this team just improve every year. That kind of expect them to be like one of those those main competitors now. So I don't know that Aaron Gordon moves you beyond that. And not that I think the Celtics are gonna make any noise but they go get evan fournier right. and uh i hate that i like a celtics player but his uh welcome to boston tweet was hilarious yeah he's um 
he's a good player. He had a, obviously a career year with the Magic, and we've seen this a lot where guys, you know, have that like talent and can maybe just fit in well with with a different team. But Boston, I think we've we've talked about that they're just kind of having a very Sixers year, and you know that that's going to be a, a challenge for them. But yeah, there is certainly a, a team you can't really sleep on either. You know, like and and that's the thing with the East. I think people have been kind of lulled to sleep a little bit by thinking that uh like the heat and the celtics are not your typical seventh and eighth seed right especially in the east where like Mm -hmm. that's usually a a pretty middling team um it's been a weird year so far but yeah these are teams again evan fournier doesn't move you that doesn't really change my opinion very much of where the celtics are at this year but it's certainly not like a terrible decision right yeah he tweeted uh hi at celtics fans if you're not familiar with me Please Google my last name. You're welcome with the four-leaf clover. Good guy. He's a good uh, guy. Love it. Hate to see him go to the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sixers end up losing to the Nuggets uh, and the Clippers on the back half of this road trip. Obviously, still have the Cavs uh, tomorrow night, but Embiid on the verge of coming back, which is very exciting. George Hill could play by this weekend, according to John Clark. Um no perfect time to to get back at it obviously you get the Cavs two at home and then back out on the road for four more games but uh to have your shiny new toy road road game stretch too yeah to have your shiny new toy come in and Embiid come back is pretty exciting Embiid coming back I think is the big the big plus too I mean we obviously the last two losses have kind of like been a little bittersweet right like you know like but you you one what five straight without Embiid, which yeah. no one would have guessed. Like I don't care, you cannot tell me that anyone thought we were gonna win any of those games without Embiid. So to to go on that nice little run there and give you some like extra buoyancy to me, that's really good. Um, obviously, you get a little lucky running into the Lakers when you did with all their injury issues, but hey, that's the other teams got lucky running on us without Embiid. So what are you gonna do, right? Like that's just the way the season goes. So. Yeah, it, it's a it's a good situation to, to find yourself in the fact that you were able to kind of like steady the ship without Embiid when, you know, we thought you're dropping out of the one seed instantly. You know, if, and if he can come back too and we're still level with Brooklyn, then that's great, right? You, now you have a, a good race towards the end of the year. But, um, yeah, I, I think having Embiid back would be huge. It'd be great to to watch George Hill play as well because um, you know, that gives you that little extra depth now too. Like that's obviously, you know, we talk about him as a player, but you can't forget that also like – it's like an extra body now. Like, yeah. And the, and the Sixers, again, kind of struggling for for depth um, forever. <laughs> so yeah. to, to have someone like that would uh, would definitely help. And it adds to what we've been asking for for years is just put shooters around Ben and Joel. Right. Right. And now you can have a lineup of kind of interchange George Hill or Seth Curry with Ben Simmons, Tobias Embiid. Yeah. And, you know have a formidable lineup out there and just put guys that can shoot around your two superstars and you know on the verge of three because of how Tobias is played right so yeah you you definitely give yourself a little more flexibility which is important because I think you know Tyrese Maxey and Thibel aren't really like at that level where in the playoffs you could give them that kind of role that I think you could give someone like George Hill I think Thibel is like bordering that at least defensively Mm -hmm. but again in the playoffs your entire scope of your game is magnified to such a huge yeah. level that I think offensively he's just not developed that playoff ability, right? Like we we get so lost sometimes in the regular season that we forget like the playoffs seven game series against a, a good team, a good coach, 
you have to like everything gets elevated every standard of your game gets elevated and has to be um so i think george hill like gives you that like extra option off the bench that you i think you kind of struggle with right now for the sixers when you come playoff time uh does iggy's brezdikas move the needle for you Uh, death eater we you know we it's good to have a lot of constant guys you know like i think (laughs) i think that's really the key to any any good championship team i i would be lying if i said i knew anything about him i got a pretty gnarly snake tattoo on his wrist yeah that's very death eater like (laughs) i remember him from march madness a couple years ago and just absolutely couldn't stand him because michigan was playing villanova and I was like, I can't stand this guy. And then he went to the Knicks, and I was like, oh, I really can't stand this guy. But, hey, now he's a good guy. So Was that 2017? Was yeah, that- I think it was the 2018 uh, Final Four. Right. But, hey, again, bodies. Right, exactly. You so know. I'll take it. And it got Terrence Ferguson on this team. Yeah, which is uh, pretty nice. I think overall a net gain. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only sad thing was just, you know, we were at height of – enjoying tony bradley as we like were, a post process we were like a process. week away from tony bradley t-shirts you know yeah. like we were, <laughs> we were right there um i wish him well i yeah. wish i wish all my tony bradley i mean it's nice to know that sam presti listens to joel Embiid and decided to build around tony right. bradley yeah shout out to him uh what very is, original idea that sam Presti yeah. of <laughs> tanking and getting assets it's crazy it's the first person to ever think of that what a genius must have learned it from horford um what do you think the playoff rotation would be if the playoffs started today with the current roster? I, I don't I don't think Maxi sees a lot of time in the playoffs um, simply because maybe even, who knows, first round could be a gauntlet too, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the way that the seeding is right now, the, the this could be like one of the more difficult one versus eight matchups, you know, you could have. Um, you, I mean, you could be playing the Heat in the first six round. Six Heat round one of the season. A team that was in the finals last year. Like that's, you know... I know that last year was a little bit of a strange year with the bubble and everything, but that's the Heat are still a very good team, yeah. and you could be playing them in the first round. That's not your typical experience, right? Like in years past, you'd be getting the Hornets or the Magic, you know, something like that. We'd be in for a four-five Hornets Knicks game if the playoffs started that's today. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I think Maxi is the one that probably sees very minimal amount of minutes. Um, you know, the playoffs are typically like eight nine man rotation mm-hmm. like you really limit the, the guys that are seeing any kind of uh any kind of time um i think george hill is someone you could definitely expect to be one of the leading minute getters out of uh out of the the bench guys and dwight howard right behind him um but yeah i mean outside of that we don't really have great platoon guys like maybe shake yeah i'm interested to see shake um because he's been so much improved this year um i do wonder just shake's like how effective shake will be in the playoffs just because like he, he strikes me as like a feel guy mm-hmm. for the game. And I just wonder sometimes like when you get in these, um, these really like locked in playoff series where everything is like being like game planned so much and, got, and like other teams are preparing for you so much. I just wonder like how well that will translate to like the playoff experience. But you know, again, he's a much improved player. I'm very like curious to see how he performs this year. I think he certainly has the ability to step up in the playoffs, but um, even someone like Thibault, I just think like outside of like some good like defensive setups, like isn't someone that you like you're really going to be counting on very much. It's in like the if you could like merge Corkmaz and Thibault together, you would have a, an impressive player <laughs> for sure. Um, and Corkmaz is, I think, the same way in that um, 
you know, again, you're not going to see like a ton of him. You will see him, of course. But, you know, I, I think we know the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really like a very like pretty reliable seven man rotation when you add in now um, George Hill and, and Dwight Howard. But outside of that, you're you're not you're not digging too deep, but yeah. you won't have to either. You know, I think, again, like an eight or nine man rotation in the playoffs is like pretty typical unless you're the Bucks where you're playing all 12 because you're load managing Giannis in May. What do you think of the Mason Jones signing? I know a lot of people are excited just because he has a lot of connections with this team, played with Isaiah Joe. Um, I know a lot of people are excited just because of the prospect he was coming out of Arkansas. I I think, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting, right? But I think more shooting. I think it's like a lot of people just like we have a tendency to anytime you make an addition to, and this is sports in general, right? And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with like hyping your player up that you just, but like. We hype everyone hypes up their own prospects. Everyone hypes up their own guys, and you know that's just the way it goes. And anytime you get a guy to trade, you're like, "Oh, this guy could be great." And of course, he could. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he can't, but to me, this is a guy that like you'll see in spurts during the regular season. But I don't certainly not this year is not making an impact for the Sixers. But yeah. could be one for the future. Who knows? Sixers back at it tomorrow against the Cavs. Finally. Back on no fooling <laughs> East Coast time, <laughs> and uh, there's only one more or a couple more nine o'clock starts. Thank God! Thank goodness we're, the we're ten o'clock starts West Coast are done. Garbage! I can't. I can't watch. I can't. I'm asleep by nine. Yeah, like, there's I, no way. It is rough. Um, and then also I I touched on it with Danny Green's podcast now airing on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Good for Danny Green. Been in the news a lot lately. Yeah. Sending jerseys to grandma. Yeah, good for him, <laughs> you know? I, we, Man of the people. We really love to see it. Uh, but I think uh, it's time, Matt. Baseball's here. It's finally here. And uh, not to not to brag again, but uh, we told you so. Yeah. We were right. We told you that Odubel Herrera was not going to make the opening day roster. And uh, you just had constant people talking about how he's, you know, impressing in spring training, blah, blah, blah. Didn't make the roster. Just weird. It's like a weird hill to die on, too, to be yeah. like the, like, writing puff pieces. And for it was everybody. Like it wasn't just, like, the one guy. Which concerns like, me, too. Well, actually, it does, here's why it doesn't concern me necessarily. It concerns me because it's clearly the Phillies like feeding this mm-hmm. to people be like hey like well you know he did his he did his time or yeah. whatever he's he deserves to be forgiven to me that's the phillies trying to like rebuild some value with him to hopefully like trade him get him out of here that's what i hope is happening yeah. listen i'm with everyone that's like just get him off the team but the phillies aren't going to do that <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. 
Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. At the end of the day, they are a billion-dollar organization that doesn't care about your feelings or nope. my feelings or anyone's feelings. <laughs> they care about money, first and foremost, um, and they're just going to try and get value out of an asset. That's the way yep. they're viewing this situation. Um, so, yeah, that's all that needs to be said. Uh, I am a big fan of the opening day roster, though. I think the guys that made it deserved it. Uh, I think the biggest – I wouldn't say surprise, but, like – disappointment is that scott kangry starting the year in in triple i was surprised by that to be honest i was I, like when i got that alert i was like a little i i my eyebrows were raised because um, i did not expect that to be honest i'm glad though because i saw uh ty dalbert from phillies nation talk to jason ochart and said that jason ochart's going from clearwater to lehigh valley to work with scott kangry exclusively which to reshape that swing, get it back to what it should be, that gives me a lot of promise and hope that Scott Kingry can turn this around. Yeah, yeah. It's just again, I I think I, it's just it was just surprising to me to not yeah. see like this is a guy that like's been in our like space so much. First time in three years. years that he's not on the major league roster. It's just um I don't know. It's just it, I was I was surprised by that. I really was. I was more shocked that JoJo Romero didn't make the opening right. day roster. Um, it's a guy that we heard a lot about. Yeah, like, I've been on his bandwagon, uh, and not only just because he's a good player, but the Phillies are going into opening day with only one lefty in the bullpen. Right. So that's a little strange, but I'd expect JoJo to be called up sometime this month because he's just too good to have at the alternate site because minor league season's delayed. Um, but, I mean, overall – Roster looks super good. The vibes seem to be thriving. Bamboo Brad's back. Um, Ronald Torres makes the roster in place of Scott Kingry. Matt Joyce is your fifth outfielder. I'm I'm excited for what this lineup's going to be able to do hitting wise, and the the pitching I'm not too worried about as of now. I will be saying some prayers tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I think uh, the Phillies have not fully addressed the pitching situation, but have done like they've done a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And I, I I'm willing to like I'm willing to give them a chance, and it's I think it's very much like uh, Michael Scott in the office. No doubt about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Because like, <laughs> I, I I think this could go pretty disastrously. Um, I really do. Because we've seen this before where Phillies just, like, sign, like, these, like, bargain bin guys, and they suck. And this team just gets absolutely lit up, and we lose, like, every game 11-8. to Because, I, again, I've had no concerns over, like, I'm like you. I, I look at this team hitting, and I'm like, even when people are going through droughts, there's always at least one or two guys that are, like, playing very well, hitting very well, that I, I trust can, like, carry the load, so to speak. I've never been concerned about this team's ability to score runs, really. it's It has just been a case of especially relief pitching just being so far below average that, like, Matt Moore is, like, the savior, right? Like, it's just, like, it, it just shouldn't be that way. So I, I think that the, the Phillies are they're in, a, they're in a weird spot because we know this division is tough. You start tomorrow against the Braves, like, 
you're not going to have really any easy series, especially when the, you can't beat the Marlins, even when they're terrible. The Mets have obviously improved. Like you expect the uh, the Washington to be good again. Like you know that every every divisional series this year is going to be tough. It's going to everyone's improved pretty much. So I I think that's that's a huge component to it. But you know we've seen this team start out really hot. I I think there's a total chance that could happen again. But I'm also ready to get this point. I'm also ready for there to be rain. I like I yeah. I I have a terrible feeling that we're gonna get rain. But. Let's see what the weather report looks like tomorrow. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, rain is in the forecast, which is just the worst. Like there's nothing. There's nothing worse than that. Maybe but maybe you make it. No rain in the afternoon. Yeah, it's supposed maybe, to be just early morning and then. Right. So maybe maybe it's just a, a cloudy day in Philly. But either way, I, I'm happy that we're gonna have baseball back. Some fans um, in the stands. Yeah, you, and you're gonna have a full season too. You know, mm-hmm. last year was last year sucked. Yeah. And like uh, it was almost a fake season. It, it honestly it was, and I'm not like I'm not just like being sour grapes because the Phillies obviously like like collapsed. So overall, at the just end didn't feel like. But like it was just. I, and maybe again, this is more like a Philly-centric view, simply because they had like the pause at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams that had that pause feel the same way, where it's like this just sucks. Yeah. Now you have to watch your team play like double headers with seven innings, mm-hmm. and like I, like clearly like the players are just exhausted through that. Like the this, the quality of play sucked. It just wasn't enjoyable. In, and then like, you didn't regard you, the the playoffs were weird because it was at like remote locations. It just and- didn't. You know, and that's been a big issue as well as like sports in general have not been as entertaining without fans. Like it's really like hard. Like, a if you can't go to the games, it sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you just have to watch it on TV. Like there's no option for you to be like, hey, like especially with the Phillies because they have so many games accessible and affordable for for lots of people for families and stuff, right? Like especially that spring weather hits, you go see a game and it's beautiful out. It's awesome, but like. When you can't like have like even just that television experience of like the atmosphere, like the the, the stadium going crazy for any sport, just sucks. Like the the product is not not as good as it could be. So last year was terrible. <laughs> so the fact that we're at least hopefully fingers crossed, yeah, I'm gonna get a full season um, is good. Hopefully we don't have some like BS pauses at the beginning, like put Atlanta on a lockdown. I don't yes. want anyone going to Magic City for wings or whatever. Uh. Like. Just for the love of God, I don't feel like dealing with that again. Um, but yeah, I, I am overall excited. I'm always excited for the start of baseball season. Yeah. It's once you get to June that usually with the Phillies it gets dicey. <laughs> dicey. <laughs> and uh, our guy Hector Neris named the closer. He deserved. He's our king. Uh, he is <laughs> um, one of the better redemption arcs that we've had in Philly sports in recent history. Going from uh, the zero to the hero, like quite literally. Yeah. Um, not, you know, again, he, it was a 60 game season last year, super condensed. So it's hard to draw like huge conclusions from that. He didn't have the best stretch, but that was also, that's also literally like a third. Almost of the everybody. So like, what can you say? Um, I expect them to have a great year. I have a ton of faith in Hector Harris, which is just still like that sentence just kind of feels weird to say, but especially since there's more elite guys in front of him, like you're going right. to have. Jose Alvarado, who looked like an absolute rocket throughout spring training, and Archie Bradley as your setup guys, rather than just like rookies being thrown into the fire or veterans that aren't good. 
I think there's there's definitely like a mental component too to knowing that you aren't like the last great hope yeah. of, of the team. <laughs> knowing like I I'm sure there's like extra comfort in knowing you have like more capable pitching around you now. And I think that's that'll that'll do for a lot of the team as well. Mm-hmm. Like starting pitching, I think there's some question marks still, but certainly like in the bullpen, you've you've made some like patchwork here, and I think that'll that'll give guys a little more confidence. You know, it's it's the same in in a lot of sports too, where you have like those types of positions like if you have like a bad like goaltender or goalkeeper it's like your your defenseman's faith is just ruined when you have someone that just can't make like easy saves or you know a pitcher that can't make just easy outs like that just that just ruins the vibe of the team so that's something you hope uh changes this year who's your 2021 phillies mvp i mean it's chalk but it's it's gotta be bryce i think he's just poised for a great year i think he had a he had a really strong, especially like middle of of last season, mm-hmm. um, and he'll you know he'll be prone to those hot streaks again this season. And I think we've just it feels like we haven't seen the Phillies in a long time. It feels like we haven't seen like Bryce Harper play in a long time. I think we'll just be reminded of like how awesome he is. And I think um, I think he also like has like a point to prove as well. Like I know that's like a tired narrative or whatever, but I really do feel that he's like. I think all athletes are just itching to be back mm-hmm. and playing and doing normal stuff again. And I think he's, he strikes me as the type of guy that is really like just going to lock in. And I, I just think if you're, if you're talking odds, he's the odds on favorite for yeah. sure. I'm going Aaron Nola. I, I think certainly another guy that is like has a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove to not only Phillies fans, but just like Major League Baseball that like he's one of the best pitchers in the game. Yeah. Uh, again, similar narrative to Bryce too, where it's like, you know, he's like the very underspoken, like he's, we've compared him to Cole Hamels mm-hmm. on that. Like, he's like, just like he goes about his business and he's great at it. And like, that's kind of it. Um, not that he's certainly, he's beloved by the fans, but he's, he's not Bryce and that he is like this superstar. Right. But yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a perfectly reasonable pick as well. I, I think he could have a, a, a great, and you know, he'll actually, Again, we're hoping have like a relief pitcher coming mm-hmm. in and uh, providing him good relief, which will be helpful. And that's good for the whole team. It's like you know, Nola can have one of those games where he goes five and two thirds and gives up maybe three runs, but you're gonna have a lockdown bullpen behind him, and the Phillies have a good enough one through eight lineup hitting wise that they can end up winning that game. And again, I can't stress enough. Yeah. Last year, if the Phillies had just had an average, oh. had just had an average bullpen, they make the playoffs. <laughs> they could have even had a below average bullpen. And right. Made the they playoffs. could have had like a, if 500 is average, they could have had like a 380 <laughs> and probably been in the playoffs. That's how it was that bad, bad the bullpen was last year. So, yeah, I think the only conceivable direction was up. Yeah. Uh, who's your breakout candidate? It's chalky, but I mean, I, I'll go Alec Bohm simply because I don't think his breakout quite stuck. And I think he, he's got, if you're talking chip on shoulder, he got snubbed for rookie of the year, which is mm-hmm. stupid. You By a give, reliever. You can't give rookie of the year to, to a pitcher, a reliever, a reliever. So bad. Not even a starter. <laughs> like, so bad. On. So I, I think again, you know, like he hasn't really, I don't think he's like stuck within like the minds and hearts of like the Phillies fans just yet. He's like right there. I think he could have a very similar year to like the Reese lightning year, you know, where it's like all of a sudden he is, he is on the big banner outside of citizens bank. 
you have like some kind of branding thing for him, like the bone bombs or whatever, like you see him on jerseys finally on fanatics.com. <laughs> I, I think he's the guy that like becomes like a, a very like household name now in like Philly's houses. If we're going guys on the roster, I'm going Zach Eflin. I'm I'm all in on the Eflin breakout year. He looks and I like he's ready decision. to just be like like everybody freaks out about rotations like in baseball where you know he might be a, a quality th- he might be like the best number three in baseball outside of any team that has like a super rotation right like, and that's what you need like you need a one two three and then you can kind of get by with like adequate mediocre four and fives because of how good the Phillies hitting is like they can make up for a Matt Moore and a Chase Anderson if they don't have a great outing because they can out hit other teams and if you have Eflin behind Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler I'm super excited I think he's going to take it to another level this year and really show people that like he's a legit you know pitcher in this league and it's crazy to think that like he is the best return we got in any of the rebuild trades traded a, very a near wash <laughs> jimmy rollins for zach eflin it is very crazy to think about <laughs> that that's what we got <laughs> i would love to live in that timeline where zach eflin has a breakout year i'll say that i would love it and uh also before we get back to this season mark appell is coming back the Former number one overall pick wow. from the Astros that the Phillies got in the Ken Giles trade. Stepped away from the game and now is making a return, is reporting to minor league camp. And if he can become half of what he was, right, that is a huge bonus for the Phillies because he hasn't pitched in three years, I believe. He's still only 29. If he can come in and be like a bullpen guy. That's awesome. Talk about redemption story. I'll make a I'll make a great interview for the documentary. I will one thousand percent be on board with that. Um, who leads the team in home runs? We all know the traditional big four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet? doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. I, again, I hate to be so chalk. <laughs> I hate, but I mean, come there's. On. I think there's three guys that are I in will, the running. I for will. It. I will name the three guys that I think you're thinking. Bryce, obviously. Dd, wasn't thinking Dd, but he's. I think in, he's you a look much, at the way Dd was he playing could. last year. Certainly could. I think if you're talking dark horse, if you're like actually betting, yeah, if you want to make a nice. A, so you weren't thinking Dd, Bohm. I think Alec Bohm has Boehm a certainly shot. Bohm certainly could. Great, great contact guy. I freaking love Alec Bowman. He's so good. Like of all the things that I'm most excited for, I think uh, I about this Philly season. I really genuinely think I'm most excited to watch Alec Bowman play baseball again because he's like, I just love watching. He just him. hits. He's just like he is like. 
I think there's there's the little kid in you that just wants to see people mash, and he's just yeah. he's just that. Like that's exactly what you want to see. I'm not like a a, a pitching duel kind of guy. I'm a, I want to go to a game and I watch I want to watch either two things. I want to watch the Phillies win. We went to that home opener against two or the three Marlins. Years ago. Yeah, it was twenty to one. I want to see those. Oh yeah. Or like nine to six games. You know, like I yeah. I want to I want to see hits. I want to see runs. I want the bell to ring. I want to high five strangers. <laughs> like that's what I want from baseball games. Uh, I think Reese is in the running yeah, too. Certainly could. I think he's got another chip on his shoulder coming back from the injury, and it seemed like he found his stride after he hit that home run in Boston last year. Definitely turned a corner last year, which I think again has been lost in a lot of like the discourse from from that like layover now like people have kind of forgotten a little bit about Alec Bohm he isn't quite like established himself and I think people forgot that last month like the last month of that season Reese Hoskins was playing very yeah. well and I don't think that was just like an aberration and outside of the bullpen him. like if they had Reese during that last week of the season they might be in the playoffs right exactly so I and you know he's a guy that I think is still trying to prove himself to like half the fan base like I think right. there's the half like us that believe in Reese Hoskins, think he's a, a very good player, can be like a cornerstone to a championship type team. And then the other half look at him as like the guy who goes hot and cold. And when he's cold, they just want to vilify him. Yeah, it's it. He's he's always gotten, I think, a little bit of unfair treatment from from people like that because every baseball player goes. Like, mm-hmm. No one says it about Bryce when he's on one of yeah. his uh, he's thinkers. Everyone loves JT, even though he consistently <laughs> leaves 800 dudes on base every game like everyone has their their, their flaws and baseball is like such a metrics driven sport that i think people when they see guys not performing well it's like oh my god but yeah i think reese certainly like if you're talking like comeback player there yeah right? like certainly has like a case for that in terms of like he he has all all the narrative built up for him and yeah i, I think that last month reese is more of what you could see this mm-hmm. season from him. I do think he turned a corner like confidence wise. And I'm, I, I could definitely, you know, there's, there's a world that we could live in where Reese Hoskins is one of the top three uh, home run getters. And he was hitting the ball all over the place right. in spring training. It wasn't just, you know, he was pulling the ball, which is like when Reese Hoskins is on, that's what he's doing. Right. And for him to be doing it this early during spring training, I think that's a very good sign. Um, and I think he has a real shot to put up like monster numbers this year. I'll tell you, if both your feelings come true, oh, I would man. love it. I would love I would... it if Reese Hoskins is a top three home because that means I think top three home run on this team is twenty five plus. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think we have the kind of ability to do that. And if Zach Eflin is like, you know, the guy, <laughs> the guy, year, that'd be great. So, and yeah. if even if Didi hits like twenty this year, yeah. That's a massive. I, I, th- win. I really think Didi could get there. I really do. I think I think he's had another year to get like fully healthy. Seems happy here. Mm-hmm. We saw the way he played last season as well. Like I think playing for Girardi. You see that some of that carryover. I think this could be a very very good Didi year. What do you make of center field? Because I think that's like everybody's like concern with this team, and it's Hazley and Roman Quinn again. It's, uh... I'm not as like worried about it per se because it's like i think hazley's a very quality major leaguer he's like yeah he's a a consistent player for whatever reason joe girardi just doesn't like him he's gotten almost the reese hoskins treatment and that yeah he gets this like undue blame sometimes and when he's on he's on and it's not even like reese where it's like okay well like reese was like kind of like built up 
especially like in our minds to be like the next chase Utley or yeah. something right like you know like everyone kind of had it in their minds that he was going to be this like unbelievable player whereas like adam hazy like not to downplay his abilities, but I never like saw him as like, wow, he's like the next thing. I was like, yeah, he was Amazing. just like a very good a major very, league player. He's a good player, and you need very yes. good major league players. Like you don't, you don't win championships unless you have like solid guys across the board. Like I think Adam Hazley himself is fine. What I'm not looking forward to is like, I love Roman Quinn, right? He is not a very good baseball player. Com- like a complete baseball mm-hmm. player. If he can get on base, right? He, that's he, where he's most he lethal. He has his two obvious weaknesses. One is that he's not a particularly great hitter, and two, he's injury prone. I I think you just like the guy can't really be mm-hmm. relied on to be healthy all the time. Which I'm not saying is his fault, but that's just if you're talking about evaluating him, that is it's a thing that we're constantly dealing with. Not with great, Roman Quinn. F- not a great fielder either. Right. I think there's, like, some genuine concern about the outfield in general besides Bryce, obviously, like, in terms of, like, the top-level talent and in terms of the depth. And I I don't think it's too dissimilar to how you went into last year with the relief pitching in the state that Mm -hmm. it was, where it's, like, it seems a little bit negligent to have not addressed this better. It's not quite that severe, but I think, like, you could certainly, like, I wouldn't be shocked if the narrative going into, like, late may is how the hell did we not like mm-hmm. get someone better than what we have right now but also you know again there's there's a world where like it's fine you know yeah. it's really not that big of a deal so and i think as long as hazley stays healthy because he's had right. that that injury now twice um you know i'm fine with the court like bryson right cutchin left right that is and mccutchin looks great right now. yeah we can't forget too we didn't see him at all last year like he's coming off like like he was still coming off the injury looks slow but now like his bat has zip he looks great running around in the outfield and i think that's a big sign for a guy at his age to be able to kind of just get back to what i think the philly signed him to be in 2018 right 2019 I, yeah, I think he can certainly get there, and yeah, I think he's someone that's going to greatly benefit from having like that extra time off, and the fact that last season was so short, like he's going to have like I think a really, I think a lot, he he's he's in, in good line for like a, a good bounce back year for sure. When do we see Mickey Moniak in your opinion tomorrow? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, jeez. Like ideally, me. I want Mickey Moniak with this team by Memorial Day. Yeah. That doesn't mean like That's by Memorial at. Day I would like him to have been on this on roster. the roster. When do I see it happening? June, June. You know, I, I maybe July. Kind of, it's hard to say, right? Because you know we don't see everything that they get to see Mm -hmm. we only get to see spring training and he looked good in spring training i think there's a lot of positivity there i think the narrative switched on mickey money 100 training 100 because i think people have been so down on him and it's it just sucks because he's super young still he's 22 which is just (laughs) unbelievable and yeah like first pick right so like naturally like that comes with weight of expectation he has a great name which i don't think helps his case like people like just think you hear mickey moniac and you think holy shit, this guy's a masher. I think like, people just forget that they drafted him as a high school senior. Right. Like, So I think that um, a lot of it will just be dependent on how he's like developing and what they're going to see in him. And 
I think it should be like an Alec Bohm situation where I wanted Alec Bohm. We both did. Yeah. I should say we wanted Alec Bohm up two years ago mm-hmm. in like that July, that August, yeah. um, that year they drafted him. Literally, like, because he was ready too. Like, yeah. just throw him in there. He's a college I, bat. With with Mickey Moniak, I think it's fair to like give him a little more of that time because of like. Again, I think the expectation that's been put on him, I think, uh, like, probably has a little different pressure than what was on Bohm. But I, I think, you know, I think by midsummer at the latest, I would like to see Mickey yeah. Monique at least getting shots with the team. But I, I, ideally, even if it's not, like, even if you just bring him up for, like, two weeks, mm-hmm. just give him... Let him hit. Yeah. I, I'm fine with, like, a month. Like, give him a month to, like, really, like, bet in. Like, continue to, like, work on himself. He's mm-hmm. a young guy still, like totally cool with that I, I get the decision um but yeah by memorial day i would love to see mick ammoniac on yeah, this I, I am he is him and alec bohm they're your babies they, they really are i love them both <laughs> uh let's look at, at just major league baseball in general everybody starts april 1st just not great. an april fool's joke love it um i'm pumped to just see how things play out but looking at each league, who are your playoff teams? Is, is the playoffs expanded again this year? I think they... it's the same as it was last year. Right. So it's the division kinda, winners, two wild cards. Kind of like, kind of. I, I didn't mind it at, at first. I was like, kind of like. It felt it did feel a little sacrilege, but at the same time, I think there's there's nothing wrong with a little extra. Like, I just wish baseball. the wild card game was three game series instead of one, and just you know one what? and done. I wouldn't be shocked if that's. In like two years, and mm-hmm. that's that's what that is, because that's also extra revenue, which the mm-hmm. MLB is never going to turn down. Um, I think I think out of the National League, you're really looking at kind of the usual suspects. Um, obviously, like the NL East, I think is anyone's guess. It's a little bit like the NFC East, where it's like every year it's a different yeah. team, pretty much. This division is ridiculous in terms of just the hitters in the NL yeah. East, like. Phillies, you've got Bryce, JT, you've got Didi Gregorius, Reese Hoskins, the Mets, they've got Conforto, Pete Alonso. Uh, they st- traded. I f- have to remind myself that they traded for Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Like once They're going to let him walk, though, because they don't want to pay him. Yeah. Uh, the Nationals have <laughs> Remember Juan what I Soto. said? Let's just wait and see with the Mets. And now they're like <laughs> playing hardball with a guy that like was supposed to save their franchise. Like, and they actually- have to negotiate a deal with him in the next like 24 hours. Otherwise, he hits free agency. I don't want to say I told you so, but Jesus Christ, it's the Mets. <laughs> like, why are we getting worried about the Mets? Oh, I love They're it. like the cicadas. They appear yeah. every 15 years, and they make a, a World Series run, and we have to hear all these dumb, sad Mets fans. We're only six years who, into the 15. Who are only Mets fans because they're, they're like annoying uncle were Yankees fans, and they did it despite their uncle. They really want to be Yankees fans. It's okay. Oh, it's all right. It's so good. Um, the Nationals have like Juan Soto, Trey Turner. The Nationals have like one of the best rotations in baseball. Still hard to like bet against them as much as I'd like to, as much as I hate them. Braves, Braves. I'm. They have hitting. Their I'm pitching co- is the yeah, suspect. The thing with the Braves is for the last three years they've been like this has been the quote about the about the Braves. They're a young team, real upstart, a yeah. lot of good hitting. At some point that has you to translate to into like. You have to mature yeah. and be like a team that like actually like puts that winning together. Can't just rely on Ronald Acuna. They didn't do terribly in like the the playoffs last year, but I think like 
when you look at especially again around like the National League, the teams that once you get to like the NLC especially, like I don't know that they're on that level yet, but they mm-hmm. could certainly surprise you. I, I I would still say the Nationals are the favorite to win the division. Really? And I think so. I I'm I'm low on the Nationals. I think the Nationals are, and that's where that's when the Nationals get you. <laughs> that's exactly when I they just do think it. it's like. Yeah, they have Scherzer. Corbin didn't look great to me last year, and Strasburg's hurt. Right. And it's like, can he stay on the field? And then it's Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Victor Robles, and then, like, they lost a lot of guys hitting-wise. Fair. I I just – and then their bullpen is just a bunch of, like, old dudes that the, the I don't know. The Nationals, they are, like – they they seem to find a way to, like, grind out seasons. And yeah. I just feel that that counts for like something at the very least. And I think again, if you're looking at this division, who do I think is like prone to be more consistent to me? That's the nationals. Like everyone else, like would I be shocked if the Braves like win the division? No, not in the slightest, but I just think like, if I'm like, if I was putting money on this, it'd probably go on the nationals just because I think like for me, they're like the safe option. Whereas like, the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies have like that volatility that I don't really think the Nets have very much. And even the World Series year, like they had a crappy start to the season, mm-hmm. and then they just they're like, ah, oh, we're fine. We we just yeah. have the best pitcher in baseball, so it's cool. <laughs> like we'll just yeah. we'll take over. Um, the Central is another just absolute like. I think the Central is a dumpster fire. It really is. Outside of the Cardinals, Cardinals made good moves again this year. Arenado, which, which I think has to has to sting a little bit um i think cardinals take that division i would yeah. i don't want to say easily because the central is always kind of i think it might be unless fight, the brewers like bounce back and yeah they they made some significant moves too i just think the cardinals are leaps and bounds ahead of everybody in that division yeah. cubs are going to be down this year it does it does kind of feel like a one team race there i don't even know if you get a wild card team from yeah the central, to be i honest. don't think you do because the uh, West is that much better. Too. Yeah, like I, I always kind of forget how just <laughs> obscene the NL West as as like the NL East is obviously like also very competitive. But the you could tell me that there's three World Series teams from the NL West and be like, yeah, good. I'd say two for sure. If Arenado was still with the Rockies, right. I'd but make like, that case. You could like if you there's told definitely me, if two. you told me right now like the NLCS is from the NL West. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't. The I Padres wouldn't and Dodgers are too, too unreal. In my opinion, the like they're in a tier kind of on their own in terms of the National League. In yes. my opinion, like I just think the moves the Padres made this off. You're kind of looking up at the at the Padres and the Dodgers if you're in the National League. I think those those are the two teams. Like it sucks that one of them is going to be the wild card too. Like that's a tough. Yeah. That's, Especially the year that the Phillies are hopefully going to make the playoffs again and <laughs> right. probably will be a wild card. They're going to have to play one of these teams. Right. So the the NL is is tough in that regard, and I think you have two pretty clear teams that you're looking at thinking, I don't know how you stop that. But you never know. Dodgers finally won it. There's Maybe they fall back the, a little the, bit. There's the disease of war. There's, there's, there's the, you take your foot off the gas, especially we've seen this with teams with like long droughts. Yep. There's just something with that like hunger that you can't get back. Who knows? But I still think they're a great team, so yeah. it's hard. As far as AL goes, I think the Yankees just – I really I, – I have a bad feeling about the Yankees, man, in terms of them doing very well this year. I did, yeah. Obviously, the Rays, I think, poised to, to be good again. I'm in on the Blue Jays. Blue Jays can certainly be good. 
they're a little. They bit made like, a lot of fun moves. They're kind of like the Mets to me, though, in that like they really? have this like hope all the time. They're not as they're obviously not annoying like the Mets are, um, but they kind of have this like hope all the time. When it's like really only every like ten years you see like the Blue Jays like really roost, right? Like it's just. I like I that know. it's like another year of like the big three of like their dads who played in Major League right. Baseball together. They signed George Springer. They got Marcus Simeon. There's certainly intrigue, but yeah, it's. I think they can be a lot it's of a fun. Tough division, and I think the. I AL think they is, can be a wild card. Let's yeah, put it that way. The, the AL is is a little more competitive, I think, for the wild card than the NLS, yeah. which is like just sucks. But outside of that, I don't know. It's tough to gauge what the Red Sox are. Um, yeah. Aiming towards the Orioles, you flip a coin and have fun uh, see you later see um, you in june for the draft yeah it, literally and they're hitting quick sim right now yeah. they're just <laughs> simulate to that date <laughs> and the rays you know obviously great season last Traded year blake snow i just think i think quality wise the like it's a very competitive division mm-hmm. you could tell me between them and the yankees you know one of those two will win it and i i think that's mm-hmm. that's your clear option there the Central gets disgusting, actually. Why are both Central divisions just like... Know, something about the Midwest and baseball. I don't get it. <laughs> At least I there's was... two teams in this division, I'd say. Right. Like, obviously, like, uh, Cleveland... They're fresh on off, the downswing. Fresh off some sell-offs, which is difficult. Detroit... Detroit could be See sneaky. In June. <laughs> Detroit could be sneaky in that, like, everyone has kind of written them off immediately, but, like... Like a young team that I think yeah. they're not going to be good. I don't think they're a playoff team. They're certainly not going to be a dumpster fire like they were last yeah. year. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I'll take that. Um, White Sox are very intriguing. They're like everybody's like. They're like last year's Padres, where it's like, oh, can't wait to watch the White Sox. They got yeah. so much fun. Like they have that like feel about them, which worries me because you don't you don't want to be branded as that. The Padres are very rare in that they were like everyone's like darlings coming into the year. Yeah. And they actually like, lived up to that hype. A lot of teams don't. It's the White Sox. It's like, are they going to live up to that hype? I don't DUI know. DUI manager. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that division and is The Twins exciting. are always, they've been good for the past couple of years. Yeah, they are like perennially just a competitive-ish team. Um, Royals. I think they'll be better than they were last year. When's it football season? I think most yeah. people. Um, They're still building. Yeah, that's a football city for the next two or three years at least. Yeah. Um, you know, and they got Patrick Mahomes, so you know what? Yeah. Is it really Part all that owner bad? owner of the Royals. <laughs> they could be worse. Um, AOS is interesting again, too. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at three m- teams, maybe, maybe the most competitive division in baseball. I don't know. I think I think it's the AL West and the NL East that are yeah. like... Like, there's no terrible team in the AL West. Like, you, in pretty much every other division, you have one just mm-hmm. stinker. I don't, you don't really have that there. There's certainly teams that you don't expect to be playoff teams but no one that's like and i wouldn't be like, shocked if like one of four of these teams end up winning the division right yeah i think i think you could you could summon anything i think the astros have to be considered you know one of the as much as we hate them as much mm-hmm. as, and god it's so annoying that they haven't been able to get booed in a full stadium yet <laughs> like i hope people haven't forgotten um did lose springer right but i still think like talent wise most talented team in the division. Mm-hmm. And no Verlander this year either. Right. Tom that John. certainly is a loss, but I just I, I still think this division is is kind of theirs to lose in yeah. a sense. But you could certainly like you could tell me there's a wild card like you could tell me the athletics are a wild card team and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked at all. But 
I, I just don't. I don't. I'm know that very in on the Angels this year. Angels could be as, good as like mediocre as they've been and how much they've wasted Mike Trout's career. Right. They finally like made some like intriguing, eye-opening moves. Otani's healthy. They could make some noise in the AL West, especially with the Astros being like as down as they are with no Verlander losing Springer. The Angels could make the playoffs. I'd sure. love to see that, um, but. I just I think making the playoffs in the American League is like it's tough because like yeah. you're gonna have to win your division. Every division has like a pretty good team in it. Um, I think that's 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 a tough. Ad. They finally have some semblance of pitching. It feels like we say this about the Angels every year though, where it's like they made good moves. Like, uh, but I feel just, like it's every year they don't have the pitching. It's right. like they got another hitter to add to my. Like right. they got Rendon, Pujols when he came right. there. Otani as a hitter. Now Otani's healthy to pitch. They traded or signed Jose Quintana. Uh, you know, they Dylan Bundy was good for them last year. They got Rysel Iglesias in their bullpen. Andrew Haney's healthy. I would love to see it. I would love to see like Trout finally get a playoff win. Absolutely. Which is a wild thing to say that Mike Trout's never won a playoff. Like he's one of the best baseball <laughs> players in history, and it's like nothing. It's crazy. What's your World Series prediction? World Series prediction. I think we get um. I think we get i i love the padres i think it's padres yankees okay i don't like saying it because I, I i feel like that's kind of advantage yankees but i just i think new york is really trending upwards i think we've kind of forgotten how strong that team is obviously they have like some weaknesses but jesus christ like that's that is a juggernaut of a team that i think we so good we've lost it a little bit with them um yeah i just, i i think I, I think they, they, they could certainly be oh – God, I hate saying it, but I really think this could be the start of, like, a, a not-so-fun next, like, six Ugh. or seven years. <laughs> I really do. But it's baseball, so, like, everything's a little different in Wonka area. But, yeah, yeah, to me, like, if I'm looking at it now, Padres-Yankees would be would be my pick. Yeah, I, I'm really in on the Padres. For some reason, like, I'm really in on this Twins team. They Twins of the World Series would be interesting. They know how to hit. Like they got Josh Not Donaldson. Major League Baseball would love a Minnesota San Diego uh, <laughs> World Series. Two polar opposites. Two small market teams. I I just like what they do, and like they've they've made you, the you playoffs. Are rooting for the underdog this year. I, I think, love is it. What I've learned through all of this, <laughs> and like they've made the playoffs consistently over the past yeah. couple of years, and like just built upon it. And I I think that they have a real shot to just make some. I noise. forgot to sign Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, they signed in Drelton Simmons, which will help their defense. Good for them. They signed former Philly J. Happ. Yeah, I I don't hate it. I I I, think I like them a lot. I don't hate it. Either way, it's gonna I think it's it's gonna be good to have a full hundred and sixty. Yeah. That's gonna be the best part about this season. The last question. Phillies playoffs yes or no? Uh my mental health depends (laughs) on them making at least a wild card game. One thousand percent. I'm going eighty-seven wins, and they make the playoffs. God, I hope so. <laughs> God, please. Um. Yeah, I think I think they do. I I I I think they're in a, a position now where we really didn't get to see like what a Joe Girardi led mm-hmm. Phillies team really looks like through the, the course of the full season. Bullpen. The one thing that worries me with them is like. They've had this, like, every season, like, the last month and a half, they've either collapsed or just hasn't mattered. Mm-hmm. 
and that's like not a great habit and it's not like oh it's like a lot of new faces like no these players like are pretty used to like not having meaningful games being played which is like not good so that worries me a little bit but you know if you're getting into like a wild card race with the implications of that but i think you've improved this team i think some things go a little different last year you're you probably made the playoffs anyway um so yeah i I think i I certainly think it's it's possible yeah uh shout out dom watching in the chat there he is uh steven schneider chiming in says he thinks world series which would just be like ugh, if yankees cardinals is that what he picked uh like my two least favorite yeah the only team i i i know you hate the cardinals a lot which i yeah i agree the giants are like the one i hate the giants that much more. giants ruined my like child like teenage years you know like where the the phillies are great it was literally them and the the cardinals those two just like like i swear uh, to god lincecum brian wilson and then the card chris carpenter adam wainwright who's somehow still pitching is that uh that one nothing game five is that uh matt freeze david freeze david freeze yeah, dude, he got he got uh, he got the check from it. Good for him. He did. He got the bag at least. And then pool holes left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are annoying like that. Yeah. The the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Yankees are like the three out of division teams that like just really go pound sand. They burn me up more than I think a lot of the because no NLA teams hurt me the way that those teams have. Yeah. Like I've never in my lifetime had like. I've never had the Mets like crush my. In mm-hmm. fact, the Mets like have provided me more joy joy than the Phillies had. Yeah. Point, you know, like <laughs> I have more positive memories almost. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Braves have never broken my heart. Yeah. The Nationals are just like annoying. They're like, annoying. I don't really like them with their whole like take back the park initiative, which is and... like again, like that's why I can't take them seriously because it's like the Yankees are an institution mm-hmm. of sports in America. Like they are like the team. And they're annoying because, like, everyone knows a Yankees fan. Yeah. That, like, the 27 rings BS. Like, everyone can't stand that. But, like, they at least, like, have history, have a, a great, like, passionate fan base, like, genuinely, like, fill out the ballpark constantly. They're just a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing you can say about them, right? You, like, at the end of the day, that's just what they are. Cardinals the same way. Like, have, like, that, like, history, have, like, a great supporting base, like they have all that. Like it's hard to to, yeah. to hate that. Like you really can't at the end of the day. Um, whereas like you can hate the Nationals very easily. Oh, because they're a fake plastic team uh, that was stolen and they suck and they yeah. and they constantly their constantly, greatest contribution to baseball was giving us Bryce Harper. Right. Like they and they're just constantly like begging for attention. Yeah, I can't stand them. Like they are like the people on Twitter who like just repost those like viral tweets and there's they're just looking for engagement so yeah. they can sell you like those uh those like pore remover things underneath <laughs> and those like led lights like that is the nationals they, entire organization they try to, to post viral tweets so that they can plug something right underneath like they it. are they are literally just engagement people like they're just like well how do we get people to show up uh how do we get people to care about yeah <laughs> about this team? And it's a shame because they have a beautiful ballpark too, right? Um, that they don't deserve because they're frauds. Because it was stolen. Yeah, I don't. I, they have somehow gotten away with stealing a franchise. Every the Thunder get like 
bashed constantly for the, the Indianapolis Colts to this day. <laughs> they left in the middle of the night. That was 60 years ago. <laughs> Get Jesus over Christ. it. <laughs> and the national, that was like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? Montreal didn't deserve it. I think it's because they're Canadian. Oh, so, like, no one really, like, yeah. correlates it. He, he, but, like, stolen franchise. How can you be, like, happy about a stolen <laughs> franchise? You can't. Pirates. Sad, sorry, son. The only pirates that should be in baseball are Pittsburgh. Right. Um, well, that's debatable, too. But. Very true. <laughs> uh, Steven Schneider said, get hashtag stolen ballpark trending. Listen. Let's get on it. If, I, we, if we get Jack Fritz involved, I th- it, I it'll think, happen. I think he would be on board. Uh, I think that's all we got for you guys. Enjoy opening day as you're listening to this episode on your favorite podcast platform, Phillies 305 uh, first pitch. And uh, make sure you guys following us on social media. Stay up to date with all things Phillies this season at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all the written content. And, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews with your predictions for this Philly season, this Major League Baseball season, how you feel about George Hill coming to the Sixers, and anything else in between. Also, we didn't touch on it because they are soft banned from the podcast, but Shane Gossespierre on waivers, cleared waivers. The return. <laughs> He's on the taxi squad now. Um, what a fall from grace. Yeah. You can also check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, the TuneIn app iHeartRadio, and the newly branded Odyssey, formerly Radio.com. Got that email this morning. I feel like they're rebranding that. All the time. Like literally every six months. There's something different going on there. Now Odyssey instead of Radio.com. And of course, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI so you can watch the show live. Check out Steven Schneider being a professional golfer. Uh, Obviously the news Tiger Woods and 2K are back together, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, check out all of our catalog of podcasts from the Outside the Box podcast to Fourth and Goal, back with fantasy football, pre-draft content, streamer season, and of course our uh, collab project that we have with Buena Regional High School's Drama Club, Curtain Talk. Check all of them out wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, those this show would not be possible without our awesome sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro, Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, and Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. All three websites, you can use the same promo code to get our discount and help us pay some bills. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order. Manscaped.com. Promo code USP, you get 20% off free shipping and a big old thank you from your balls. And stateside Urban Craft Vodka, promo code USP, get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to order. Of course, please drink responsibly. Like we said, enjoy opening day tomorrow, and uh, we'll be back later this week breaking it all down, giving you the uh, the preview to the final four. I'm holding it down for the podcast people in our bracket, Matt. 
I, you know what? Someone has to carry the torch. I, I had to put the team on my back. Shout out to the University of Houston. In my uh, my DraftKings one, that's like in like the big bracket challenge. I have Baylor. So there we go. I'm sorry that we're at odds <laughs> with each other. Uh, Michigan goes out. We got an 11 seed in the Final Four. And, uh, it feels weird to call UCLA like a Cinderella. Like, yeah, they're such like a historic like college basketball. They were in the playing game. They're like not a George Mason team. You know, no. it's like oh, they came out of nowhere. It's like it's like UCLA. Like, yeah, come on, <laughs> John Wood. <laughs> and uh, we'll have all that up to date for you with Underground Madness later this week. But uh, this has been episode number three eighteen of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB, and we are signing off. Peace. Oh,